Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pirate Recap presented by WSU Sports. My name is Jonathan Haidt, and joining me today is my electric crew of Joe Matthews and Justin Nicosia, where today we'll be breaking down this past season's men's and women's swimming and diving squads. You know, everything that's happened with them this past season and everything that happened in their Big East tournament competition and everything with these teams as a whole. So, guys, before we really dive into everything, no, no pun, pun intended there, excuse me. <laughs> um, how are you guys tonight? You know, I'm really happy to be here. I was ecstatic when I found out I was on the roster for this. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited and ready to go. And, you know, it kind of is perfect timing because we've got, you know, the Olympics going on right now as we're recording this. And, you know, sw- you know swimming's obviously a big event that a lot of people watch. But a thing that some people don't know is that, like, yeah, in the Olympics, we see Caleb Dressel and, you know, there's Katie Ledecky and, you know, Lydia Jacoby. But these swimmers at Seton Hall, man, I think they really blow them out of the water. And, I mean, you know, I think they're just taking it easy on the rest of the world by not going and competing this year. So, I'm more excited, more than excited to, to really break down everything that went, you know, went amazingly, went swimmingly, pun intended, for both these teams this past year. I'm sorry about the pun, but, you know, how to get it in there. So already we're three puns into the two minutes of this episode, which is makes for definitely a great rest of the show for you guys. But I have to agree with you, Joe. I'm just really excited because obviously here at WSU Sports, we've been really expanding our coverage over this past school year and we will going forward and trying to just bring enough attention to other sports teams that doesn't get as much recognition. And obviously our men's swimming, well, men's swimming and diving team, as well as the women's are both very entertaining. And especially if you watch their meets um, when it's live streaming, just the clips on Twitter and just in general and following them, just a lot to talk about and a lot of excitement um, because uh, both teams have a good blend of newcomers and veterans that have been there for a while, and just a lot of good, you know, talent all around. So we're going to recap all that on today's episode go- going, you know, meet by meet, for each team and just talking about them, you know, uh, their performances as a whole. So let's start on the men's side. We'll do the men's side first for the first half of the episode and then woman on the other half. So the men's again, swimming and diving team last season, obviously because of the COVID-19 circumstances, there was very, very little time to a prepare and b to have actual meets. So during the regular season, they had only one scheduled meet um, besides another one, their, their second meet of the season, which was, end up being canceled against UConn but they did get the swim against Villanova on March 5th and they did actually get the W which was a you know pretty amazing accomplishment I know Villanova obviously has great swim teams as well and they were able to get a win in their only meet of the regular season and in that race excuse me in that meet the Pirates won 11 out of the 14 races to win and there were just a lot of good you know player excuse me swimmers um, that did well overall in that meet to give the Pirates just a big, you know, morale booster going into the Big East Championships that would happen just a couple of weeks later. So, guys, first question of the night, just give me some of your thoughts and performers from that meet alone against Villanova, because obviously, you know, winning 11 out of 14 races is pretty impressive. So, Joe, we'll start with you. Yeah, when you look back at this meet against Nova, to me, there's one name that pops out big time as, you know, I, I think you could you could chalk him up to being the absolute star of this meet. That's Gideon Langenbush. Uh, and, you know, background on, on him, you know, he, he was a freshman this past year from Germany, coming over to Seton Hall. This was his first collegiate meet, you know, point blank as a swimmer, you know, for Seton Hall. And he went out and he dominated. I mean, he, he was crushing it. You know, out there, he he picked up wins, came in first in both the 200 and 500 yard, you know, free freestyle, 
uh, times respectively for those a minute 44.23, four minutes 46.79. So, you know, he, he won by about a second margin in both of those races. And I mean, just that alone, you know, getting out there and winning two races like that in your first collegiate meet, that, and that's absolutely outstanding. But then also, he was part of, of the, uh, you know, Seton Hall's 400-yard uh, freestyle relay team that, you know, also wound up winning in that meet. And, I mean, that, that relay team, they, they crush it. I mean, they, they had a three-second margin over, you know, the, the, the second-place, you know, relay team, which was, you know, from Nova, obviously. And, you know, he, he was out there with, you know, guys like, you know, Liam Cosgrove, who's a senior, one of the best swimmers on this team. You know, Tom Menard, who's, you know, a sophomore, and he's a guy who we'll probably wind up talking about later because he put together some real strong performances. And, I mean, Langenbush stepped in as a freshman and was competing just as well as, you know, some of the guys who are the real big stalwarts on this team. And to do all of that, I mean, everything he won, all the things he contributed to the team and in his first collegiate meet, I mean, you know, he helped contribute to that relay, which, as I said, you know, and that wound up getting Seton Hall 11 points in this meet. And then he wound up getting nine points in for, for the 200 event that he won and the 500 event, not nine points for each of those. So, you know, you do the math right there. That's, I mean, this isn't a, isn't a math podcast, but I mean, putting it together real quick, that's 29 points from one guy in his first collegiate meet. That's outstanding. And so, I mean, absolutely. he He's the one guy that, you know, when you look back and, and look through this meet, because I mean, everyone on the Seton Hall side, I mean, they all did phenomenal. Like you said, I mean, winning 11 out of 14 events against Nova, a big time biggies rival. I mean, they went out and crushed it. Absolutely. But for me, Gideon Langenbush, he's absolutely, you know, the number one guy in my mind in this race, because I mean, that was just absolutely phenomenal from him. You know, Joe, that was a, a pretty good answer that you gave there, especially with a freshman coming from across the Atlantic ocean uh, from Germany it really took a lot of guts to have that and do that in his first meet as a Seton Hall Pirate. But I'm actually going to go with the sophomore from Nebraska, Ross Pantano. Um, he competed in four events, and he was in first place in every single one of them except for one. I mean, he recorded 11 points in the 200-yard medley. Uh, he was the first guy to go in that medley with three other teammates. Uh, his 50 meters, he had a 23.71 time, uh, and he had nine points in the 100-yard backstroke, uh, taking the lead in that race with a 51 uh, a time of 51.2 seconds. Uh, then a little while after that, he completed in a 200 yard backstroke winning that as well with the time of uh, just under two minutes at one minute, 52 seconds. Uh, and in the fourth place, he was part of the 200 yard individual medley as his fourth race. And he didn't do too great in that one. He uh, had a time just over two minutes at two uh, minutes, 0.84 seconds. Uh, but in fourth place, he still got four points with that. So I think he led the the uh, swim team in this meet with uh, 33 total points. So it's hard to talk about this meet without bringing up Ross Pantano's name since he won three out of the four races he was in and he led the team in points. You guys brought up you know, two excellent swimmers to talk about and really plays into the theme, I think, of the episode, especially on the men's side, of, because, again, the good blend of young and veterans – um, having a sophomore like Pantano and freshman like Langdenbush, who did, you know, exceptionally well in their, you know, first meet, obviously an only meet of the regular season, playing extremely well, like swimming extremely well, excuse me, against Villanova. 
for me, I'm going to pick another freshman who, um, similar to Langdon Bush, you know, got off to a blazing hot start. And that was Justin Lopez um, out of uh, Levittown, New York. Um, in his first ever race, I mean, as a pirate in the 100 breaststroke, he finished with a time of, you know, 58 seconds. I think it was 57.99. And, you know, coming in first for that and just getting a quick, you know, uh, race win for the Pirates right off the bat. You know, this was just such a good, I think, not even just, you know, beating Villanova for your record, but just, you know, a confidence booster going into the Big East Championship later on and just seeing that, you know, your young guys are going to step up and they will step up already. And that's what we saw a lot in that meet against Villanova and just seeing, you know, so many other Pirates play uh, swim well um, throughout the meet. You know, Ben LeClaire, Thomas Minar, like you guys talked about, you know, just uh, there was contributions from all, you know, races and strokes and just from everyone. So it was definitely a great, great first meet for the Pirates. So then unfortunately, after that meet against Villanova that obviously ended in a win, they got their next meet postponed or excuse me, canceled against the UConn Huskies, which obviously must've been a little bit discouraging. You know, obviously with COVID, you know, forcing a lot of postponements last year, going into another meet and having that postponed already and only having one regular season one before the Big East tournament was definitely demoralizing. And we saw it so many other sports, just, you know, how the post postponements just affected everything. Um, that March 20th meet was ultimately canceled. So the rest of the season, which was just the biggest tournament run for this men's swimming and diving team. And obviously going up, uh, getting off to a big start by being Villanova was great, but now you're on to, you know, the, the, the top of the mountaintop against all the best of biggie schools. And, you know, there's a four day marathon you know, just clinic that you're going to go through and gauntlet of just, you know, swimming against the absolute best in the conference, some of the best swimmers in the country, period. Uh, some of the best times all around and having four days where there's so many different races that you have to prepare for and that you really got to organize, you know, the different swimmers on the team and where do you see people's strengths and weaknesses, you know, breaking it down. Well, let's start with day one because we'll go day by day in each of the races um, for that. So starting with day one, Again, there were five teams in the men's division. It was Villanova, Providence, Xavier, Scene Hall, and UConn. And those were the five that would last the four days um, during the Big East Championship. And after day one, the Pirates finished in fourth. Um, obviously, it wasn't the greatest start that they could have had. Um, Villanova finished first with 102 points. Providence at 77. Xavier at 74. The Pirates had 40. And UConn had 17. Um, so obviously, finishing fourth is not exactly where you want to be. But starting with you, Justin, were there any positives that you took away from that first day of, of swimming, I know, despite the fourth place finish? Uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to highlight Thomas Minar's performance more than anything. Um, he competed as the anchor in the 200-yard medley race. And going into his time, Seton Hall barely had, had a lead, a lead of uh, a 0.16-second lead over Xavier. And Thomas Menard came in, and even though he didn't have the fastest time uh, for all the anchors, he still did just good enough to keep the Pirates in the lead. And the Pirates won that race, the 200-yard medley relay, um, on the back of him. He had a 20.02 second time during that. And, you know, Xavier, really close. I mean, like I had said, it was a 0.16 second lead for the Pirates going into this uh, last leg of the race. And... 
Christian Christian Thomas, who is the Xavier anchor, ran a 19.91 for that. I mean, he brought it to within 0.05 seconds, but Thomas Menard had ice in his veins, and he just finished out at was was essentially a photo finish to keep the Pirates in the lead and get them the f- critical 40 points for winning that race. Yeah, I mean, you know, you said it best, Justin. I mean, that was that you know, especially that final leg of that you know 200 you know medley relay. I mean. It was absolutely electric. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about too, because actually, you know, I mean, it was really the only event kind of worth talking about for the Pirates in this one, because the only other event that the they actually did run uh, was the 800 uh, freestyle relay. And the Pirates actually got a DQ in that. So, I mean, that I think that's also, that's also definitely part of the reason, you know, why they kind of finished a little lower in the standings after that first day. But again, I mean, that 200 medley relay, the ending, you know, and if you go back and watch the video of that, you know, the final lap, I mean, it, it was electric. And, and the, the, the final times, seeing Hall, they won by five hundredths of a second. I mean, that's like, that's talking like fingernail, you know, length of a margin of victory. And so all four guys on, on that, you know, on that medley team, Liam Cosgrove, Ross Pantano, who Justin talked a little bit about earlier, Thomas Stays from Belgium, and, and obviously, you know, Thomas Menard. I mean, th- they just absolutely crushed it. And another thing, too, is, is to talk about that 200 medley relay team. The time that they they, they finished in, they, they were real close to, to shattering an all-time Seton Hall record, the, the program record. Uh, as it stands in the record books for for the Pirates is a minute 29 and 0.8 uh, seconds. And, you know, they they had, you know, a minute 29.39. So, again, you know, 0.31 seconds off from from shattering a a Seton Hall record. To do it in the Big East, you know, the the very first day, that's the first event that any, you know, men's uh, swimmer or medley or relay team – you know, went out and, and swam in, in the entire Big East Championship. So it's something like that to get out there and set the pace. I mean, it had to have been just an absolutely an electric feeling, you know, there for, for the entire, you know, seeing whole swim team. So that, again, you know, it was just such an awesome, an awesome, you know, event. And I, again, the word that I've used a ton of times to describe it, I mean, really just, it was absolutely electric. You know, it was like you were watching the Olympics, you know, watching when it gets down to real intense. And, you know, this is, you're in the Big East Championships. You're going for a big time event, and to win by just just that much, by just like a, a, a you know, barely a finger's length, it was just so awesome to watch. And that's the beauty I feel like of swimming. Sometimes, obviously, most races will be decided by a matter of centimeters, and like we saw in that race, that was the case. And like you guys talked about, you know, just the electric atmosphere of that. Obviously, if they weren't disqualified in that eight hundred free relay i think the pirates maybe would even come in third maybe even eclipsing xavier after day number one but you know starting off with your first event of the entire you know biggie championship you know four-day weekend and having a finish like that like you guys talked about was just certainly remarkable and certainly amazing and like we talked about the youth kind of revolution of the only regular season meet against villanova this was more of the veterans you know liam cosgrove the thomas menar obviously ross pantano was a sophomore but you know a little bit more of the veteran fusion in there and that clearly showed throughout most of the race. And, you know, like you guys talked about, again, almost shattering the program record. Obviously, they finished with 129.39. You know, the record was 129.08. You know, you can't get much that, that much closer than that. 
And it just, the credit goes to that, that group of swimmers and just building the confidence for this team going into the rest of the tournament, which is crucial. And I can only imagine, obviously with this team, you know, in general, you get one regular season meet your entire season because of just the way the pandemic, you know, squashed everything scheduling wise this year. You're just going to lay it out on the line over a four day span. And that was the absolute best start. So big credits to the pirates, um, especially in that race, especially, but okay. After day number one, they were fourth in the standings, obviously with 40 points, the pirates let's jump to day number two, which was the Thursday it was April 8th. And, you know, by the end of it, they ended up crawling back up to third with 174 points. Um, Xavier, you know, catapulted actually, they went from third to first. They finished with 273, the Wildcats at 262, and Providence and Connecticut were a new counter right behind them. But in this day number two, obviously more races were completed. That's why the point totals kind of jacked up for everybody. But starting with you, Joe, just give me some performers, some uh, performances in general, just stuff from day two that you wanted to highlight. That was a reason why at least the Pirates moved up one spot in the standings after day number two. Yeah, for me, in, in looking at day two, there's three guys that I want to highlight uh, because all three of them, they went out and had career days. and They, they set personal best times in events. And, you know, it, it's Justin Oosterwick, uh, Jonathan Ware, and Henry Keegan. The three of them all came out and, and had big-time performances. And, you know, even though not all of them, you know, really, like, finished on the podium, and, and but, I mean, they were still able to get some solid points for the hall and for themselves, too, I mean, to go out and have, you know, big time, you know, I mean, the feeling that they had to have had to have been tremendous, you know, to hit your personal best, you know, fastest you've ever swam and doing it in, in the Big East Championships. I mean, just it's got to be so awesome. I mean, Oosterwick, you know, he did it in the 500 freestyle, finished fourth, four minutes, 29 seconds, point 19. Uh, you know, Jonathan Ware and Henry Keegan, uh, they both did their best times in, in the 200 individual medley. You know, where he won a minute 53.35, which was a little bit faster than, than Keegan. But again, him too set in a personal best with a minute 54.80. So, I mean, all three of those guys, you know, going out and being able to, I mean, some of them, I mean, you know, where was a freshman, you know, this whole season, you know, heading into his, his first time swimming in a big time, you know, championship meet like the big east champions championships you know uh it's just had to have been an awesome feeling and you know those guys they just they just crushed it and you know to, to get that personal best in that big stage it's awesome and I, they absolutely deserve some recognition so those are my three that i really would like to highlight from that that day i didn't necessarily want to highlight any specific player necessarily from this but i kind of want to highlight the entire team in a way that nobody really did great in a way that they won any races. But in this kind of scoring format, it's not necessary to win every single race. Um, Seton Hall had guys second place in three of these races. I mean, it totaled up to nearly half of their 174 points. They had 68 points out of their 174 which just from finishing second alone. Um, in this tournament, it's really important to have a lot of the races than to have one person you know win it all and then the rest of the team finish at the bottom because you're not going to be able to 
get a lot of points that way because the drop off from first and second is only three points, but then the drop off from second to 12th is 10 points. So Seattle had a lot of guys that just, you know, they weren't so focused on necessarily winning the gold for that specific race or were just coming in first place. They knew their role and they did what they had to do to keep the pirates afloat in third place uh, in the overall competition. And they didn't try and overextend extend themselves to the point where, you know, they, they ran out of gas too early and then just finished the rest of the race awfully. They kept, they kept their stamina steady throughout and they did what they had to do to maintain what they've been doing this entire time. And I think that was something that was really critical of them. That's a great point, Justin, because obviously some of the misconceptions I feel like with the swimming and diving as a whole is you have to come in first every single race in order to win the entire whatever meet that you're in. But if you have a bunch of second place finishes, the points will add up after a while in certain events. And that's exactly what happened uh, during this Big East tournament day. And someone I'll just highlight, just again, Thomas Minar, again, who's a part of the youth movement as a sophomore came in second was one of the people that you were talking about justin is the bunch of people that finished second um to get some valuable points for the pirates obviously they would have wanted a first place finish but still coming in second is definitely going to help your team overall where in the 53 which is the fastest event of the entire you know just everything uh in any stroke in any distance you know his time was just so close he had like a 20.54 time and then you know he already won the 200 medley relay um, on the first day. So to go into that race, um, already having a first place finish, I'm sure he had all the confidence in the world going into that one and still coming away with the second place finish. It was certainly great for him, but just overall, like you guys said, coming in second place, definitely helped the pirates out big time on day number two to, you know, jump back into third place, you know, having that improvement. Like if it was like a line graph, um, they'd be on the rise, obviously going from fourth to third, but let's talk about day number three now. Um, so after two days of swimming, obviously very, very competitive because there's five, only five schools, you know, th- certain races, you know, have certain swimmers in it that are more dominant than others. And that was clearly shown in a couple of races, but on day, no- after day number three, Xavier and Villanova still stayed at number one, number two pirates still stayed in third with 415 and as well as Providence and Yukon staying second to last with Providence and last with Yukon, but the pirates ended up with 415 points. Like I said, and, you know, this day we saw, again, more, I feel like, of the veteran presence overall um, with this Pirates team. We saw Liam Crosgrove have a great day. Um, I think it was like the 100 fly was his event that he ended up winning. Um, so it's definitely some big time, you know, from him. But, guys, what did you see from day three that, you know, obviously we saw Xavier and Villanova really kind of start, you know, stepping on the gas a little bit. And, you know, Xavier had 570 over at 496 points and the pirates ended with 415 after day three so you know they were within striking distance but obviously xavier just seemed like a juggernaut um during day number three so guys what did you see out of the pirates on after day number three day three i mean we honestly could get a whole hour's worth of content i think talking about the pirates performance in day three because they i mean they crushed it there's so many people who just absolutely went out and, and had you know I mean, the the day of their lives in the pool. I mean, it was just phenomenal. I mean, you mentioned him, and this is the first guy I kind of want to talk about real quick, Liam Cosgrove, who, you know, senior, you know, the elder statesman of the team. He goes out in the 100 fly, and he wins. He flat out wins it. 
takes home first place. That's the third straight time he's done that. So now he's a three-time Big East champ in the 100 fly. That's just phenomenal. I mean, he he's, you know, the, the best 100 fly swimmer in, in the Big East, you know, for the past three years. And when he did that, he broke the school record that he had previously set 47.7 seconds, a point, point 0.10 seconds faster than his, you know, you know, previous personal best, which was a school record. So, I mean, he goes out there, Cosgrove, and shatters his own school record, wins his third straight Big East championship in that event. He, he just went out and had an absolute day. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. And then if you keep looking down, you know, as, as some of the other events and things that happened, I mean, more guys, you know, had some real, real phenomenal showings. Gideon Langenbush, who, who I talked about, you know, in that opening meet of the Pirates for the year, he came out and in the 200 free, he finished third. And he had, he had a personal best time of a minute 38.83, which is a top 10 time in the entirety of, of, of Seton Hall and in the program history. So, I mean, him going out there again, like we, I, I talked about him in, in that first meet. This is someone who's a freshman, and in, again, in in his first year as a Seton Hall swimmer, his first time, you know, really being in the Big East Championships, he goes out and he's already got his name in the top ten for an event in the entirety of Seton Hall history. And, I mean, he's just a freshman, so him going out and having a phenomenal performance like that is is just absolutely awesome. So, I mean, those, I mean, honestly, I, I'm going to hand it over to you now, Justin, because there really are like at least five or six or seven or eight, you know more people you know i mean just had absolute days and i'm sure you'll talk about a couple of them more but those two guys for me are the two that stand out big time cosgrove and langenbush but i mean literally almost everyone that swam for for the pirates on you know day three they had just phenomenal phenomenal performances and i mean like you said like we said earlier you know this is you know yeah you know you can you know sort of medal for yourself and get 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 your own sort of championship in an individual event but it is also a team sport. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, a reason why, you know, they, they didn't, weren't able to crack up into the top two, but I mean, they started to get a pretty solid lead up in third place. I mean, they're almost at a hundred point margin over Providence who was sitting in fourth after day three. So, I mean, just an all around phenomenally strong performance by Seton Hall on that day three. Yeah, Joe, I honestly like hate to kind of be a disappointment here, but the guy I was going to mention was also Liam Cosgrove. I mean, you took the words mostly out of my mouth. I did kind of want to add a couple things on it, but I mean, he just blew everybody out of the water uh, in that race. No pun intended. Uh, I mean, he had a time of 47.7 seconds. Like you said, it was a 10th of a second better than the record that he already broke by himself. I mean, he won by over a second where the guy in second place had a time of 48.73 seconds. But what I think the craziest part about Cosgrove breaking his own record again is is the fact that before he was at Seton Hall, the record was over 48 seconds. It was almost 49 seconds at 48.97. By the time that he graduated from Seton Hall this past year and competed in a race, he shaved over a second. He shaved just over a second, one and a quarter seconds off of that time. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-blowing what Liam Cosgrove has done for this program and it really is only it hasn't been shown as strongly as it was this past year especially on day three of the Big East Championship. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess this was the, the day to really highlight Liam Cosgrove, and obviously as the senior captain, um, having his big day, you know, breaking, you know, just everything with, with everything he did in the 100 fly, his third straight Big East championship, and he's now, he became a four-time Big East champion at that point because he won the two, he was a part of the 200 medley relay team. And something I want to highlight about Cosgrove actually was, I think it was yesterday, he was a named, uh, the recipient of the Michael Tranke's Postgraduate Leadership Award, which he was only the third Seen Hall student athlete to receive this honor, um, you know, from the Big East Conference. And he took a $5,000 scholarship to his postgrad. And it was just, you know, demonstrated great leadership through his academics, athletics, um, service, you know, without Seen Hall. So the leadership aspect that Liam Cosgrove has just outside the pool as well, even besides, you know, his, his great performances as uh, inside the pool is just speaks boundaries to, to this team and to what he brings to the team. And you could see that um, obviously with a lot of the, the youth swimmers doing better than most people thought they would, you know, in their first, you know, their second race of their swimming career is going to be in the Big East Championship right off the bat with only one tune-up against Villanova. I'm sure, you know, swimmers like him and other ones that are, have been there, you know, a couple of years, at least, you know, the upperclassmen can really have that positive influence on the underclassmen. But again, that whole day, if it wasn't for Xavier and Villanova, you know, having all those points, you know, just keep tacking on, you know, one by one, they had a lot of great performances just all around. And, you know, Ben LeClaire placed second in the 200 free, you know, they'd actually three pirates placed um, in the 200 free. Gideon Langdon-Bush was in third time and R was in fifth. Um, uh, Gennario Konzimus Con um, swam a lifetime best of 55-62 in the 100 breaststroke. Um, that was the final, and he's only a sophomore, so again, a part of the youth revolution. And just overall, we just saw so many great pirates do well. Again, like Joe, you mentioned, we could do a whole show, I think, just dedicated to day three of the Big East Championship for men's swimming and diving. But let us now turn to the last day of the Big East Championship, which again is four days. So, you know, on day number four, you got to really bring it, uh, give it your all if you only have one day left. And there's only certain races, and a lot of the more distant races, I believe, were swam swam excuse me during this last day and to finish off the weekend for the pirates they did end up finishing third all of the standings saved the same but let me just read out the point totals real quick for all the biggie schools xavier finished with 862.5 villanova finished with 68 the 685 excuse me 0.5 cn hall had 645 providence had 461.5 and yukon had only 93.5 but on this last day, you still came in third. You know this season was so, so difficult. There were so many circumstances beyond their control that contributed to having a one regular season meet season and just four days of the biggest championship, and that was it. You know, for many seniors, you know, this could have been their last race. I'm not sure how many of them are going to be swimming next year because of the extra eligibility rule, but you have a very, very, you know, bright crop a group of freshmen and sophomores that are going to be a year older um, for this Pirates team. But let's just, again, one more thing to take away from this last day of racing for the Pirates, who, again, a third-place finish, I think, is still solid. In the Olympics, like Joey brought up, that's a bronze medal finish. That's a medal, you know, regardless. And to finish third with the circumstances they had, I think, is certainly something to talk about. So, guys, just break down uh, day number four, the last day. You know, I, I know I mentioned his name before when we were talking about the uh, Villanova match, or the Vanilla, excuse me, when uh, we were talking about the Villanova meet. But Ross Pantano is a name I wanted to mention here just because he really showed that he's able to combat adversity really well. 
Uh, earlier in the week, he didn't do great at all in the 100-meter backstroke. I mean, he finished fifth. It was a kind of bad performance. He was really devastated with himself about it. But he redeemed himself in this race. He didn't win at all, but he came in second in the 200-meter. He finished with a time of, um, excuse me, in the 200-yard. He finished with a time with of one minute, 48 seconds. And, you know, he really did good in this. I, I'm always a sucker for someone beating adversity and it's really easy to get down on yourself when you have a bad race especially when you have one where you're finishing bottom half finishing fifth and not even like you know earning that many points for your team but especially as a sophomore someone that still is really young and hasn't had that much experience in at the college level underneath your belt to you know overcome that and to come in second place in a critical race for the team is just something that i i really wanted to shed light to and i think that was one of the most critical performances of the entire day for for the pirates yeah for me for me in in this day in this final day the one event i really want to talk about is the 100 pre uh, because the Pirates, I mean, this was like their event. They, I mean, they dominated this thing. And, you know, he- heading into it, they, they had four of their swimmers qualify for it. Uh, ben LeClaire, Thomas Menard, Gideon Langbush, and Liam Cosgrove. And when it came down to it, after, after the event ended, uh, Langbush and Cosgrove, they didn't ha- have great showings. They finished seventh and eighth. Uh, but LeClaire Menard, I mean, they had a big, big time, you know, swim in, in that event. Uh, they finished second and third, Leclerc in second, Menard in third. And, you know, Menard in that, you know, third place finish, he had a new personal best time, uh, 44 seconds, 44.6 seconds. And it was actually only an hundredth of a second behind Leclerc. Uh, so, I mean, shows you how close those two guys were. But the other big thing, too, is that, you know, in that last day where they, you know, the Pirates were starting to trying to claw their way up, you know, back in the, the overall team standings, uh, it, this was kind of a, a big one that, that really sort of, you know, helped them at least gain a little bit of ground. Uh, because, you know, like I said, they had four guys in this event. And even though, yeah, Langebush and Cosgrove didn't really finish towards the top, they still got, you know, 12 and 11 points respectively for Langebush and Cosgrove. And then with Leclerc and Menard finishing up towards the top, you know, on the podium, they were able to pick up a little bit of ground, especially, you know, with Xavier, who was the team that eventually wound up, you know, you know, placing in first on the men's side. But Xavier had three swimmers in this race. And, you know, they, 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 their, you know, their swimmer, Christian Thomas, he was the one who actually won the event, took first. Uh, and, I mean, kind of by, not by a handling margin, but, you know, he, he beat uh, LeClaire by two-tenths of a second. Uh, and then they also had Ethan Wing and Jared Ritz, who came in fourth and fifth. And, I mean, it very easily could have been Thomas, Wing, Ritz going one, two, three for Xavier. And, I mean, that kind of really could have just, you know, they could have buried the Pirates and in the standings and buried everyone else. But LeClaire Menard came out there and, you know, they placed themselves on the podium and they, they got a little bit of extra points and, you know, outscored Xavier in that meet. And again, overall, it didn't really do much for them in terms of standings because the Pirates, the Pirates still finished in third and are around, you know, 220 points under Xavier. 
But again, that specific event, I mean, it was an event that was dominated by the Pirates. There were a lot of them in that. And, you know, to have two guys, to have Ben McGlare, to have Thomas Menard come out and set a personal best time, it was really awesome to see. And, you know, I, that's just the one event from, from the whole entire final day, I think was a really big bright spot for the Pirates. And I think for a lot that happened on, on this last day for the Pirates, obviously they knew that Xavier was going to be taking away um, just – you know, blowing away the competition with the number one spot. And you could see, like you mentioned, Joe, that they were, you know, first place for a bunch of races, you know, therefore acquiring the most points. And I just think that at that point, it was basically just, I feel like just a race between Villanova and CN Hall. And I just, we knew that obviously the Wildcats, I'm sure were a bit chippy after losing to the Pirates in that regular season, me and ultimately the Wildcats did unfortunately have the last lap, but there were so many great things to take away from this last day of racing. You know, by the end of the four days at the Big East Championships, um, there were four different Pirates who became Big East champions. Um, one school record was broken, and then a whole bunch of personal times we were just, you know, obliterated. And there were a whole, a whole bunch of Pirates that contributed to that from freshman to senior. So overall, I think it was a positive experience for the Pirates in the Big East Championship. Finishing third is definitely, you know, something solid to talk about like we have. Um, just being able to round out the top three. and if a couple events here and there, maybe they snagged and stole a first place finish instead of a second against the Wildcats. Maybe they could have came in second, but overall it was a great season for the Pirates um, based off the circumstances. It was, you know, really hard, I'm sure, for the, the athletes themselves, not, I mean, just inside the pool, but outside the pool, you know, with obviously the COVID restrictions and just everything in general and just the uncertainty that this whole thing could be shut down in a matter of minutes and the, the team wouldn't have even have known right away. And I think it just led to the uncertainty of the, the, of the season. But this team persevered, and they're going to be locked and loaded, I'm sure, for next season. But, guys, one question real quick to just recap all the men's stuff before we head to the women's. I just want you to give me one thought. And I guess we can look at this as, like, if we're, let's say as we were, if we were writing an article, so to say, and you could pick one storyline from this men's season, either from the regular season or the Big East tournament run that they had. Just one storyline that, you know, you really, really just want to emphasize one more time and that, you know, it can either be a prediction for next season, um, which hopefully will be crossing your fingers a little bit normal, more normal, excuse me, but just one storyline that you want to just take away before we head to the women's discussion. Watch out for Gideon Langenbush. This man is going to be the face of Seton Hall swimming, I think, and I think one of the best swimmers in the Big East for, for the foreseeable future. And, you know, I talked about it already, how, you know, he was a freshman and he came in and made a huge impact in that very first meet, you know, being in first in, in three events. And, you know, we saw him get a top 10 program time in the Big East championships. And I mean, this was all coming as a freshman. And, you know, it, just like any sport, you know, once you, you know, get a little more experience, get older, you know, guys, you always improve, improve, improve as it gets on going. And I mean, Already as a freshman, Langenbush was one of the better swimmers on this team and a guy who was, you know, really making some big impacts on, on, on this, you know, entire out of everyone on this entire roster. And, so, you know, as he further, you know, gets going throughout his college career, I think by the end, you know, by the time he's a senior and, and is leaving, leaving the hall, I think we could be talking about him like how we were just talking about Liam Cosgrove throughout this episode, how, you know, he was just a dominant force and, you know, one of the faces of the team. I really think he's got that potential in Bush. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, yes, swimming, it, it doesn't really get the coverage it deserves at times. You know, that's 
part of the reason why, why we're doing this podcast, you know, to put some people on notice, because I mean, we've got some really, really talented, you know, athletes on, on these rosters, both men and women's and Langenbush is, is someone who I really think that, you know, come the end of his Seton Hall career, he's going to be one of the better athletes we've ever seen here. And so I'm really, really looking forward to see how the rest of his career pans out because for a freshman in a shortened season, that was really kind of weird. And, you know, there was some, can- there's a canceled meet, obviously he was still able to really just, you know, pop off the, you know, you know, the result sheet and just put together some absolutely phenomenal performances. So he's my guy. That's my storyline is watch out for him. Gideon Langenbush, remember the name because it's going to be a big one. I think my storyline kind of goes off of what I was saying with day four with Ross Quintano um, and how he persevered throughout the Big East tournament. But I think the entire team as a whole kind of persevered throughout the season. I mean, everyone had adversity, not knowing whether the season was going to start or not, having meets canceled here, uh, and just not knowing if the Big East tournament was going to happen. Uh, But even when the Big East tournament finally came, we saw the Pirates had a pretty weak day one, if we're being honest. I mean, they, they were in fourth place in after the end of day one, and they weren't doing too hot, but they channeled a lot, uh, through a lot of that. They channeled through a lot of the adversity and they were able to come into third place and peak almost coming into second place. I mean, we're talking about how close they were to second place throughout most of the day three and day four. And they showed that they have the potential to do really well in the future. Most of these guys that have been making names for themselves for the pirates are all young guys. I mean, we spoke about Ross Pantano. I think that Pantano could be an MVP for this team moving forward. He's going to be a junior next year. He was the MVP of their lone meet of the year, in my opinion. And I mean, he showed that even if he has a bad day, he's there for his teammates and he's there for himself. So I think that this team moving forward, even though they didn't win the entire Big East tournament, I think that they have a lot to be proud for finishing in third, almost second in the Big East tournament. And just after everything they've been through, Uh, just being able to overcome most of what they had to go through. Great, great storylines that you guys brought up that I think were definitely just like a perfect way to capture what happened this season. I'll start with you, Joe. Gideon Langdebush, I think, is going to be phenomenal for this Pirates team throughout the rest of his time as a a senior Hall Pirate. Um, Having that such an encouraging start as a freshman, um, I think he certainly has a bright future ahead. And you with Justin Ross Pantano, my storyline is going to just kind of play off both of you guys. I just think it's just the youth the youth movement for this Pirates team, just besides the people you guys just mentioned, you know, as a freshman and a sophomore. So obviously Langdon will be a sophomore next year. Like you mentioned, Pantano will be a junior, which is so many other swimmers that we talked about throughout the show that, you know, not even had just the sort of breakout performances like getting Langdon had, you know, in that Villanova, Villanova race, but just, you know, swimmers all around Henry Keegan, a sophomore, you know, uh, Jai Holy, a sophomore, Justin Lopez, a freshman who had a great first race, um, of his career uh, during the Villanova meet. Uh, Thomas Minari is going to be a junior next year. Justin Oysterwick was the sophomore out of NJ. Um, another, you know, good butterfly freestyle IM kind of guy. Um, just there's a whole bunch of names that I can go on and on. Jonathan Ware, freshman. The future is so bright for this Pirates team. And when you see, you know, teams like Xavier, you know, that have been through the gauntlet, obviously, with some of these swimmers and that have obviously, you know, such a great deal of talent, and even the Wildcats. I think a goal for next season is just obviously Villanova got their revenge in the Big East Championship. One goal they could set is get that revenge right back. You know, not only in the regular season, but in the Big East Championship next season against the Wildcats um, after obviously winning in the regular season. But unfortunately, 
finishing one place below them in the Big East tournament. But that will wrap up our men's discussion for the swimming and diving section of our Pirate Recap episode today. So now let's just pivot to the women's swimming and diving team, which obviously there's a lot to talk about as well. Um, just obviously they had very similar circumstances as the men's team uh, in regards to the scheduling, um, to everything that happened with some of the postponements and everything. So obviously um, they started their first meet of the season, which was a regular season meet, was against Villanova as well on March 7th. And the UConn meet on the 20th of March was also canceled. But let's start with Villanova and then we'll go to the Big East Championship. So in that Villanova meet, the Pirates unfortunately did lose 151 to 108, but they had a very, very, very strong start. And there are a bunch of girls to talk about that had, you know, great starts to their, you know, campaigns as Pirates. Um, I don't know, Joe, you're talking about Natalie Heim and a couple other uh, swimmers. But guys, just real quick, before we break down the Big East tournament, let's just recap this real quick. Give me some of your storylines and takeaways from this regular season meet that unfortunately they did not win like the men's team, but they had a lot of encouraging signs from it uh, from top to bottom. You could take this first. For me, when you look back at this first, you know, meet of the season against Villanova, I had talked about it in the Big East Championships on the men's side that they went out and they dominated that 100-yard uh, freestyle. In, in this meet, the women had an event that put that one to shame. That's the that was the 100 fly, and I mean, when you talk about domination in this particular event. I mean, this should be in the dictionary right next to that because what the women did in this, uh, you know, event was phenomenal. They had the, the Pirates, they had the whole entire top four all from their team. Sophomore Sierra Cripps, she was the one who finished in first. Second place was freshman Sarah Free. Third place was senior Amelia Wooten. Fourth place was another freshman, Josie McCartney. And I mean, when that, that's just insane. It, it's genuinely insane to, you know, have four year swimmers who are in that event to have them all come in one, two, three, four. I mean, that, you know, we talk about again, the being a team sport and you know, the points being important. They completely buried Nova in that. I mean, in that event, I mean, they, they destroyed them. And, you know, to have, you know, people like Sarah Free, like Josie McCartney, who are freshmen coming into, you know, their first collegiate meets and having them already, you know, placing up there in the top four, Sarah Free getting second. I mean, it's just so awesome, so awesome to see. And I mean, just again, there's really not much more to talk about in terms of that event. It's just look at, you know, go go and look at, at the results from and look at the times. It was just sheer dominance from the Seton Hall side. I mean, just to, to get all your swimmers in the top four, it's just something that doesn't happen a lot. And it was just phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily going to focus on a specific race for my answer for this, but you mentioned her for a second, and, and Sierra Cripps is someone I wanted to highlight um, just throughout her entire meet. I mean, she did great in the 100-yard butterfly where she finished in first, actually winning the entire race with a time under one minute. Um, and, you know, you wouldn't have thought she was going to win this race if you were watching it. I mean, after 50 yards, she was doing awful i mean she was in fifth place she was barely barely not in sixth place she was one one hundredth of a second away from being in sixth place but she had the best second half of the race by far and came back to overcome a deficit and and not just you know make it into the top four top three but win the race entirely 
I mean, we were talking about how, how with men's and they combated some adversity here. I mean, Cripps did the exact same thing and took it to another level on this race. Um, and then she ran a third leg of a 200-yard medley relay in which the Pirates finished in second with the second-best uh, third leg time of 26.26 seconds. I mean, she, she was phenomenal for the Pirates also during that race. Um, and then you mentioned the 400-yard freestyle relay where the Pirates did finish in first, but she was part of the team that finished in second, and she anchored that race also where the Pirates finished in second uh, to make sure that they took home the top two, uh, the top two places in that race. It was definitely a great day for relays, obviously, like what you've been talking about, Justin, just alone, you know, having some of those impressive finishes um, and the 400 free relay and a couple of other ones you guys mentioned. Um, but for me, like you guys talked about, when we talk about the men's, the future is so, so bright for the Pirates team, both men's and women's. I'll highlight the freshman, Natalie Heim, um, obviously out of New Jersey, uh, I think around the Middletown area, who finished f- first in the 50 free, which is her first ever, you know, obviously meet as a scene hall pirate. Uh, finishing with a 24.51 time. I think that's just certainly incredible because obviously the 50 freeze are to be like the fastest race in swimming, um, you know, of that short of a distance and that kind of stroke. I mean, that, that's, you can't get much more intense than that. And obviously against the Wildcats who had won, I think the last seven straight Big East championships, you know, you're going against this daunting opponent um, and being able to, you know, win, the 50 free in your first meet, I think is just certainly incredible and just a great accomplishment for Heim. Um, but Justin, I really like you brought up with Sierra Cripps because of her winning the, the 100 fly and just in general with some of the younger, like freshmen, uh, Sarah Free, you talked about Joe. This was just a good, good test for all of the, the new pirates. I feel like obviously there were some sophomores thrown in here and there like Sierra Cripps, but a lot of the freshmen got their first taste of Big East action and they certainly got that revealed to them through this meet with the Wildcats. Obviously, they would have wanted to come away with a victory, but many, many encouraging signs were shown just from one one meet. And obviously, it was the only meet of the regular season, unfortunately, because the UConn meet a couple weeks later would get canceled. But now, for the last remaining part of our show, we'll just break down their Big East tournament run and then our storyline that we saw from that regular season for the woman Pirates for this meet. Uh, we'll start with day number one, excuse me, first of all. Um, obviously, very similar format to the men's. But for this, there were six teams that were jockeying for that number one first place finish in the overall standings for the Big East tournament. Again, it was Villanova, Xavier, UConn, the Pirates, Providence, and Butler. Butler was a new team that emerged for the women's side. But starting with day number one, the Pirates would end up finishing in fourth place with 60 points. Uh, Villanova came in first with 77. Xavier came in second with 69. Connecticut finished with 66 and third. Providence finished with 56 and fifth. And Butler finished with 52 and sixth. So this was a very, very tight race. I mean, looking from Villanova to Butler, it was just a matter of like 20 points or so. It was, you know, so close by the final day of standing. So I feel like it wasn't entirely accurate uh, what team was kind of pulling away on like the men's side where Xavier kind of ran away with it after day, days number two and three. So again, let's just pull some storylines out some big time performances, some big time swimmers that did extremely well from day number one on the women's side. Cornelia Jarrison is a name that I'm sure everybody's going to be hearing a lot during this um, recap for the, for the Big East tournament, because she was huge for the Pirates, not just the entire tournament, but especially in day one, 
Seton Hall didn't really have that many bright spots during this, this first day, if we're being honest. Um, but she, she only competed in one race, but she anchored the 200-yard medley relay, and she had the second-best time of all anchors. You know, the Pirates only finished in fourth in that race. It wasn't great, but the Pirates just as easily could have finished in fifth or sixth in that race if they didn't have as strong of an anchor as Jerisand in this race. And the thing is, if they finished in fifth or sixth, they very easily could have end day one in last place. I mean, if they were in sixth place, they would have conceded four points over to Butler and given Butler two more for advancing up in the standings. And all of a sudden, Butler's in fifth place and the Pirates are in sixth. So, you know, even though there weren't that many great things to look at for the team as for day one, Jerisand really allowed the Pirates to tread a little bit water again no pun intended I know it's really easy to have these uh water puns on this podcast but uh it it really did I mean instead of being in sixth place she's the reason that they were in fourth place at the end of day one yeah I mean when you look at the day one for the Pirates again you know there wasn't much to really look at but again I think also part of that is just the fact that there only were two events that you know that ran and it was, you know, two relays for the Pirates, the uh, 800 free, the 200 medley. The Pirates actually placed fourth in both. But I also do want, I want to talk about that, that 200 medley relay, which Justin, you talked about Jerison, you know, and her, her anchor lap and that. I kind of want to just highlight that event as a whole uh, and not even just from, from the Seton Hall side, because there's a little bit more to touch on there. But it that in that 200 medley was just a wild wild race i mean looking at you know the final times and everything there was actually a tie for first place which like you never see that in, in swimming villanova and xavier tied split the points because down to you know the very last hundredth of a second were completely identical they both finished one minute 41.74 seconds i mean that's just something i mean absolutely wild that you don't see every day but more importantly, talking about the Seton Hall side is even though they finished fourth, they were actually only just over a hair of a second off of the all-time school record in the 200 medley relay. And, you know, th- th- they were just there. And like you said, you know, with Jerison, with her, uh, you know, really, t- I mean, just she just turned it on in, in that last lap and that anchor lap. I mean, they really got close to, to breaking that school record. And again, I think it also kind of just highlights, you know, kind of how dominant some, some of these, these teams in this conference are because, I mean, Seton Hall, they almost went out there and, and were a second off of, of their all-time best record in school history in this event. And even if they had actually shattered it, if they, you know, if they were a second faster, they still would have finished fourth because there is, a, there is about a three-second margin between them and third-place Connecticut. So, I mean, that event, that 200, that 200 medley, there's so many storylines to take away from it. The fact that there was a tie, I mean, I mean, Xavier, Nova, and Connecticut just put on absolutely dominant, dominant performances. And, you know, with, like you said, Justin, with Jerry Sands, I mean, just absolutely, you know, out of this world anchor lap. I mean, it, it, it was just a really exciting event to see. And just like something that, you know, you don't see every day an event in swimming where, you know, you can look back on it and, you know, pull like six or seven different things where you're like, oh my gosh, this happened, that happened, this happened, that happened, because it's really sort of a quick event. You know, there's not a whole lot of action sometimes, uh, but I mean, that event, that, that 200 medley relay was just ridiculous, ridiculous. 
we're seeing some of the finishes with like the men's side being off by like you know five hundredths of a second. The fact that there was actually a tie for first place, Joe. I mean, you can't even think what is the likelihood of that of like their fingertips hit the the wall at the exact same time, right as they were finishing. I mean, that's you know just baffling to think about that they finished the exact same time, but it just, like you said, contributed to the, just the, the electricity of that race. Obviously with only two events, it's kind of hard for your team to really build that much momentum off two events, unless you really, you know, finish top two, I would say, you know, finishing fourth, you know, like we saw Villanova and Xavier were just, you know, neck and neck really, you know, trading blows in, in those races, obviously finishing tied in one of them, so to say, but you know, the 200 medley, relay and the 800 free relay it was just two events kind of like to um be like a tune-up i guess i could say because the pirates did not have their second meet of the season against uconn and just having that first meet you know they need they need all the reps they can get and i feel like that's all you can really contribute day one up to or chalk day one up to excuse me it's just the fact of just having some tune-ups and two races just to get the ball rolling you know with by day number by the end of day number one you know, Villanova had 77 in first place. The Pirates had 60 in fourth. Like, it wasn't too much of a disparity points-wise. After day number one, obviously that would change later on. But after day number one, there was not too much to really, you know, be too stressed out about if, if you're the Pirates just because you knew what was coming with some of the other big-time performances later on. But let's move to day number two, which was the Thursday on April 8th. And after this, after this day, the standings flipped a little bit. The Pirates would jump up to third, just like the men's did after day number one of their respective finishes. Um, Villanova and UConn were first and second. Seen Hall was third with 187. Xavier dropped down to fourth, stayed a bit, a little bit of a slide with 158. Providence had 97, and Butler had 88. Um, but there were some big-time performances out of at least one or two Pirates that we can really focus on in day number two. So, guys, just break down what you guys saw out of that day. And on this day too, this is when, you know, we can really start to further bring up. You alluded to it, Justin, that we were going to be talking about her probably a lot throughout this episode. And that's Cornelia Jerison because she had herself a day on day two of the Big East Championships. And, you know, you, guys, you may ask yourself, you know, why is that? You know, what, what did she do that was so, you know, outrageous and phenomenal? Well, heading into, heading into you know, as, as the events were starting, in the prelims for the, for the women's 50 free final, Jarisand came out there and she broke the Seton Hall school record for the 500 for the 50 free in the prelims, 23 sec 23.5 seconds, right? That alone would be phenomenal enough to warrant her again in a ton of conversation and praise on this episode. But then, you know, I, I said that was just the prelims. When it gets to the actual event, you know, the championship, you know, for the Big East Championship in, you know, the 50 free, she broke the record that she had set just a couple, you know, just, just earlier in that same day. She ran 23, she swam 23.34 seconds. And I mean, just to think about that, I mean, you know, you already went out there and you already did set a school record. I mean, that alone you know, she had been feeling phenomenal and like, all right, you know, I have a school record in this event to my name now. Now she uses that as momentum to go into the final, into the championship, and then she beats it again. I mean, just breaking one school record is an accomplishment enough. And to do it twice is another accomplishment. To do that both in the matter of, you know, hours in the same exact day, that's absolutely mind-blowing and ridiculous. So she, she's, you know, the number one, I, I have to mention her. 
you know, in regards to this day. And, you know, just looking at that 53 as a whole, Cena also did have, you know, a, a another uh, participant in it, and that was Natalie Heim, who, you know, you mentioned her earlier, Jonathan. She is a freshman, and she only plays seventh. But, again, you know, to get into – she, she qualified to get into the championship race for that. And finishing seventh, maybe not, as, you know, outstanding, but as a freshman to get yourself, you know, experience – in a championship final like that. And you also mentioned it too, Jonathan, from Middletown, New Jersey, that's my hometown. I mean, Middletown only breeds winners and and, and just amazing athletes. So, you know, that, that's, I got to give props to her there. So, I mean, those two and, and that 50 yard, you know, freestyle as a whole, just an outstanding event. And especially, especially from Camelia Jerusalem, because just an absolutely, I mean, how, how can you top that? Honestly, I mean, that's got to be one of the best days, you know, you can possibly have in swimming to set two straight, you know, you know, to set a record and then shatter that same record just a little short while after. So, I mean, outstanding, outstanding performance from, you know, especially those two in, in that uh, day too. Yeah. I've got to bring up Cornelio Jarosand also. I mean, I alluded to earlier, I'm going to bring it up again for this race, but you did miss out on something really critical about that race. And when she won that 50 yard freestyle final, she only won by four hundredths of a second beating Abby Berloco Villanova. And the crazy part about that is when she broke the school record in a preliminary earlier, if that was a time for the final race, she wouldn't have won this race. Abby Berloco would have beaten her by almost a 10th of a second. So when she beat her own record, and, and completely shattered it with a, a time of 23.34 seconds, 1600 of a second better than the preliminary time. Not only was she racing to beat her own record, but she was racing to win the entire race as a whole. And then later in the day, she kept the Pirates in third place of the 200-yard freestyle with the second-best anchor time out of the entire race. I mean, the fourth and fifth-place racers in that race were within a second of the Pirates. I mean, that time is close. Um, and her time is very necessary in that race also. I mean, she's had two really good races that three, really, if you're including the preliminary uh, to just keep the pirates winning that 50 yard freestyle and keep them in the top three of the 200 yard freestyle relay. I mean, it was just a uh, absurd day to see what, what Cornelia Jarrison was doing just to, to put it lightly. I mean, words cannot describe how good of a day she was having. That's a great point, Justin, just because obviously it's an accomplishment in itself to break the school record of any time, but then to be able to shatter it by 16 tenths of a second, I mean, she had to have the race of her life in that, in that 53 in order to really take home the title and to beat, you know, her competition and everything, which I think is certainly um, very impressive, but Overall, on this day, I think obviously just Jerry staying out of Sweden and then Natalie Heim, like we talked about before from both of you, you know, had the two best performances for the Pirates. Um, Natalie Heim in that 53, you know, she swam 23.64, which was pretty close to, to that 23.50 that Jerry Sands swam in the prelims earlier in the day. So that was still a pretty impressive time. Um, Jerry Sand being a sophomore at the time and Heim being a freshman. But, and then Natalie Heim also was 0.01 off her personal best. But it was just, you know, two great performances by the Pirates. And I'll just say real quick, Joe, as a resident of Manawa, New Jersey, and someone who spends a lot of time in Middletown, I'll just say that Monmouth County breeds winners as a whole, I feel like. Monmouth slash Central Jersey. So I had to throw that out there. Quick shout out to you guys. Um, but otherwise, you know, there were some other events that day. 
Um, there was the 500 free. They had three finalists that made it to the finals, but you know they had a couple of like fifth place finishes. They had the 200 uh, individual medley relay, oh, 200 individual medley uh, without the relay. Um, they were in the consolation final on the diving board. Actually, like in diving, they had two uh, divers, Ashley Demker out of Maryland and Laura Stavilia, um, go to the finals for Seton Hall. Um, so I think you get some points here and there, and then. They had a um, the 200 free relay, who finished third with a, a time of 134.62. So you had some big, big time performances in your 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 young guns in Heim and Jarrison, and then you still had some you know consistent finishes. Even your diving team stepping up too, which is only going to help in the long run. So after day number two, finishing third, things are still optimistic. You see that the top two teams are a little bit you know neck and neck. Obviously, it's going to be kind of tough to catch up. Still trying to finish with a strong placement in the standings. But let's move on to day number three, who after the day, the Pirates unfortunately dropped down the fourth with UConn and, excuse me, Villanova finishing first after day number three with 584 points, UConn with 543, Xavier with 369, who really jumped up after uh, day number two. Uh, Seen Hall was in fourth with 319 and Providence and Butler were fifth and sixth. So guys, with day number three, obviously it wasn't the result that the Pirates wanted, you know, standings wise, just because they were third after day number two and they kind of had UConn going over in their sights. But by the end of this, you mean the Pirates, you know, they had 319, Villanova had 584 in first place. Villanova obviously had won seven straight, so you knew that they were in such a dominant team. But what were some of your thoughts just from day number three, right before they headed into the last day of competition? You know, I, I think somebody that people aren't, recognizing enough from day three of the competition was Amelia Wutan. I mean, she came into the day and in the prelims, she broke her own personal best uh, for the 100 yard butterfly. And she had a time of of 56.5 seconds. And although she finished eighth in the final, she actually qualified for like for the championship final for the good final because she had a personal best. And although eighth is last in that race it's still worth noting that she wouldn't have made the championship final if she hadn't broken her own record and looking at her time of a 56.85 time in the final she wouldn't have even finished in first in the consolation round she would finish second in that she would have gotten seven points as opposed to the 11 points that she actually got by uh by qualifying for the finals so all because she had that personal best in the prelims she was able to get four extra points for the pirates four critical points and you know it's not going to be any of your flashy names like the the sierra crips or anyone but she you know she broke her own personal best and it was really beneficial for the pirates because i mean as we all know every point counts and then if, if you're making a difference of four points it's just huge looking at day three uh there's kind of honestly you know like like we said, at, at when you at the end of the day, standings wise and you know team wise, it wasn't really what Seton Hall probably hoped and you know wanted to the outcome to be. But there were a lot of really good individual performances, and I mean, there, there is a ton that I'm just kind of gonna just run through quickly because I mean, there's really a lot that you can list off. Heidi Dixon, uh, you know, she swam herself a a personal best. Uh. Oh, Jesus. I lost. All right. I'm going to start over. That was bad. To start off, Heidi Dixon 
in, in the 400, you know, individual medley, she runs, she, she swims herself a personal best four minutes, 29.98 seconds. Two other pirates ha- have personal best times. Josie McCartney, a freshman, uh, 56.34 seconds. Wooten, who you talked about, uh, you know, Justin, she has a personal best. Pirates in, in this day three had three top 10 swims in, in program history. Natalie Heim in the 200 free. She swims a minute 50.73, which was also a personal best for her there. They had, you know, two of the other ones, both came in the 100 breaststroke, Meredith Mutter and Nicole Bastian. And Nicole Bastian, she had a lifetime best in that, in, in that swim, a minute, a minute 6.34. I mean, you can list them off just going all down, 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 down. How many times, you know, you see a personal best and, you know, a top 10 score in program history. It, it was just a, a really great day individually for the pirates. And yeah, you know, like I said, they didn't really do what they probably hoped in terms of, you know, as a team, as a whole, and, you know, making their way up the standings, but there are a lot of swimmers that day who I'm sure were very satisfied with, you know, the fact that, you know, they were hitting records, you know, for themselves, be it for the program. It, it was a really solid day all around for the Pirates, even though this, the standings don't really reflect that as much. Yeah, I mean, similar to the men's and just obviously with this whole, you know, just pull of talent, just with everything. We just saw, again, Villanova and UConn and, and Xavier, they, they just had so many great finishes, but so many Pirates would, you know, break their personal best on day number three. It just was so hard to just overlook that just because of so many great finishes. Like you guys talked about, you guys all brought up some great swimmers. Um, obviously with like the, um, with some of the events, the 100 fly was big, having four different pirates qualify for the finals and they, you know, having uh, uh, Josie McCartney, uh, yep. McCartney and Amelia Wooten all swim their personal best. I mean, how much more can you ask from them? They're swimming their personal best times and you're just, you're going to be outmatches from the talent on the other teams. You know, they they really gave it their all. And again, the freshman Natalie Heim and Amanda uh, Zanazinki, qualified for the 200 free um i mean a lot of them qualified for you know big time races you know big time strokes and they still did well it was just you know the loaded talent pool i I just have to go attribute it to not trying to do a pun there with the pool but just trying to say that a lot of the other teams just had just even better times but the scene hall swimmers still shattered records you know personal bests and everything and it just helped contribute to this i'm sure the morale as a team as a whole because obviously if you're the Pirates in this stage, you see that you're in fourth place. Obviously, 319 points is a very respectable number. Um, you're only, you know, uh, uh, just a little bit behind Xavier at 369. But Villanova and UConn were kind of in their own little meet of their own uh, at one and two. So I'm sure the Pirates by day number three were just trying to gear for a fourth or a third place finish. But one more day was remaining for the Pirates in the Big East Championships. And unfortunately, they stayed in fourth to finish off the final standings. Let me just read out the final standings real quick before you break it down. Villanova finished first with 906.5. UConn finished second with 838. Um, 535 points went to Xavier in third place. The Pirates had 505.5 in fourth. Providence had 214, and the Butler Bulldogs had 202. So on last, and certainly by but not least, day number four, you know, more records were broken personal bests were set so guys just analyze day number four and the last meet of the year of the short and abbreviated COVID year for the scene hall women's swimming and diving team 
the big thing that you, you've got to look at and take away from this final day is the 400 free relay for the women because it was a school record. It was the best 400 free relay that Seen Hall's ever seen. And they only got second in it. Uh, they weren't able to get first. But again, still, you have got to be happy with, with setting a school record. And, you know, it was, it was three minutes, 25.73 seconds. But the bigger thing that I kind of want to talk about it is, is that it was a lot of the young guns doing it. You know, it wasn't really like a, you know, okay, it was a lot of seniors that have been doing this for a while. And, you know, they finally got there and broke the record. No, I mean, Cornelia Jerisand was there, who, you know, like we said, she's, you know, sophomore. But then also Natalie Heim, freshman, Leia Istanbuli, freshman, the only senior was the was the fourth one uh julie stankowitz but the other three outside of her were underclassmen and, and they came out and, and you know broke a school record in, in the event and so that's the big thing that you know especially as we're going to talk about in a little bit of things to look forward to and you know storylines to take away from the season and looking forward is that there's a lot a lot really young talent on this you know women's swimming and diving team and to see i mean the impact they're already making they're already setting you know, school records as underclassmen. So doing that in this final day of the Big East Championships, that's just a huge, huge thing. And, that, and that's the number one thing that you have to take away that, you know, yeah, they didn't win, but, you know, you can't really fault them on that because, you know, the other schools put up, I mean, excellent, excellent performances. I mean, Villanova destroyed the entire field, basically. Connecticut, again, had a, had a huge margin of the people after me. And when you look at the final scoreboard, Villanova had 906.5 points, Connecticut at 838 third place Xavier had 535. I mean, we're talking a 300 point drop off because UConn and Nova are just, I mean, they're just powerhouses in, in women's swimming right now. But I mean, Seton Hall with all the, and, and, and talking again too about just the entire Big East championship as a whole, the performances they had individually, the records they set in terms of the school personal bests, it was just an outstanding performance. I really do think that. And, you know, again, having this day four, you know, event in the 400 free, where they go out and set a school record with a bunch of, you know, the younger swimmers, that's absolutely awesome. And, you know, probably, I mean, I wasn't there, but you had, I have to think that, you know, sort of the vibe around the pool when that happened was a lot of the other schools were looking there and sort of like, uh Oh yeah, we're, we're, we're in trouble in a couple of years because look at how young these swimmers are. And they're already, you know, dominating and getting second place and setting, you know, records for their school, big things are on the horizon. And so, to see them do that again, that 400 free relay, just absolutely awesome. Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm so focused on bringing up a lot of just individual performances, but um, you mentioned some young people and someone we haven't even mentioned at all this year or during this podcast, Amanda Zajinski. She was competing in her first Big East Championships this year and uh, she competed in the 650 free and she finished in fifth place for the hall in that race. I mean, that was out of 20, uh, I think 23 total competitors in that race with a time of 17-13 in that. I mean, she finished the best time out of any Seton Hall Pirate. I mean, the next Pirate to come even close to her was you know, 42 seconds later in 13th place for uh, Madeline Bouchand. So to go out here and do this in your first time as a... Um, Big East competitor in the Big East championships as a freshman and to, to finish in a top five of a race that featured 20, I think I, excuse me, 22 people. I don't know what I said earlier, but to finish fifth in that race 
is just pretty remarkable. And, and to do so with such a big, long race where, you know, there's a lot of time for you to think about it leading up to the race and even during the race. I mean, it's, it's a race that lasts 17 minutes. Some people would just not be built to have, to be able to handle the pressure that a 17 minute long race, you know, takes with it, especially to, when you're thinking during the entire race, oh, how am I doing? How am I going to finish throughout the entire race? I, I just want to commend Amanda for having such a good performance. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her do something even more phenomenal uh, in her future years as a pirate. Just real quick, Justin, I mean, and you too, Joe, I mean, just think about it, 17 minutes of just swimming straight, you know, in a 1650 free. I'd never well, just walk, think about walking just 17 minutes straight without stopping. I can't even imagine swimming, you know, wow, like 17 minutes and still securing a fifth place finish and her first ever Big East championship. Um, you know, the future is definitely bright for her as well, for the man, uh, Zadinjinski. But like you guys mentioned throughout, obviously, Joe, the big headline was the new school record that was set in the 400 free relay with that time of 325.73. Um, that's going to be, you know, the biggest takeaway, obviously, from this final day of swimming. But again, there's only positive things coming out from the youth of this Pirates team, just like the men's side. I'm just seeing, you know, so many underclassmen with, you know, obviously Sierra Crisp and some other ones are going to be juniors next year. But the majority of them were freshmen and now they're going to be sophomores next year, just swimming so exceptionally well. You know, the best they could in the Big East Championships when you have a juggernaut like Villanova with 906.5 in number in, in first place, you know. Obviously, it's their eighth straight Big East championship. You know, that's unstoppable. But definitely a lot of things to talk about and a lot of things we did break down for this women's swimming and diving team. But real quick, guys, before we wrap up our episode as a whole for a Pirate Recap, I just want to end with one last question on the women's side. I want you guys, again, like we did for the men's side, I want you to pick one storyline, one new story that you can kind of feel like best encapsulates this women's swimming and diving, you know, regular season and biggest championship as a whole. It could be, again, like a prediction for next season. It could be just what you saw, you know, based off some trends by some of the swimmers. It could be an individual swimmer, but just one thing that you just want to, one final word you want to leave off with about this women's swimming and diving team. Honestly, I think it's just the kind of point that we've been making from time to time throughout this entire thing where, you know, the pirates, they're just getting started. I mean, all the people that we've been mentioning multiple times throughout this podcast are all young. I mean, Natalie Heim is a, is a sophomore. Sarah Cripps will be a junior. Cornelio Jarrison will be a junior. Madeline Bashan will be a, a sophomore. Same with Amanda, uh, same with Amanda Zajinski will be a sophomore. I mean, most of the people that we've mentioned that have been making impacts and already breaking school, not just, not just personal records, but school records are all on the freshman and sophomore side of things. I mean, these guys still have two years coming. I mean, they're finishing in the top half, if not top three of races, and they still have two years left. I mean, obviously there are a lot of upperclassmen on these teams, but we haven't mentioned them a lot today. All the impact makers are young and are going to be here for years to come. So even though the Pirates finish in fourth in this year's women's swimming and diving uh, Big East Championship, I, I think that Fourth is going to be the lowest set we're going to be seeing these Pirates for the next three years. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I really kind of have to pair that point, Justin. And, you know, I already brought it up a little bit earlier is that just how, you know, a lot of the people who are contributing big time for this team are, are on the younger side and were underclassmen this past year. And I, I again, 
want to focus on Cornelia Jerison because it's kind of a, you know, when you hear, when, when we hear, you know, how we've been talking about her this episode, you, you would kind of think that she'd be like sort of a Liam Cosgrove type, you know, like how he's been for the Ben side, which also Liam Cosgrove of Seagirt, New Jersey, another Monmouth County resident. Let's go. We only breed winners. Uh, Cornelia Jerison, she's not like a senior, you know, who's been here for a while and has, you know, built up a resume and is, you know, finally having a real solid senior year. No, she was a sophomore. She, an underclassman doing what she was doing, breaking school records, setting school records, and then shattering that same record later in the same day. To do that as a sophomore, that's really, really scary. And like I said, you know, even though we weren't there, you get the feeling that some of the vibes in, 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 around the pool when, you know, the Pirates are running some of those races was a lot of fear from the other schools. And I think when Cornelia Jerison was swimming out there, I think a lot of other, you know, swimmers, a lot of other coaches from the other Big E schools were, were looking on with kind of a little bit of fear because she is one of the best swimmers in the entire Big East right now. And she's only a sophomore. She's got two more years, you know, hypothetically, even a third with, you know, eligibility rules and stuff like that to improve and get better. And she is going to be just an absolute just force for the Seton Hall women's swimming team. In addition to, again, all the, 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 the other young swimmers that we've talked about, you know, throughout the entire show. I mean, the future is so, so bright for Seton Hall swimming on this women's side. Headlined by, by Cornelia Jarrison. I mean, it's going to be something that, you know, I was here at WSU Sports, you know, we're going to be kicking up our coverage and everything around Every, all, all the sports here. But I mean, this Seton Hall women's swimming team, I mean, they're going to start to make some big, big waves. No pun intended that time in, in the swimming world, because I mean, the talent on this roster with how young it is, I mean, it's like the seventh time we've said it, but it, it really just does ring true. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And it's something that you don't see every day. And it's something that is going to be really special by the time, you know, some of these swimmers really start to blossom and come into their own and, you know, as they get into their upperclassmen years. So it's a really, really exciting time for Seton Hall swimming on the men's side, especially on the women's side with how young everybody is. So you just got to, I mean, if you're listening to this and, you know, you haven't, you know, been a big swimming fan, haven't been a big Seton Hall swimming fan, oh, get into it because this thing is about to go worldwide. I mean, things are just huge on the horizon for these teams. I mean, you could say they've been making a big splash as, you know, underclassmen as well. Just I'll throw one last swim pun before we wrap up. But you guys, again, just hit it on home perfectly. Obviously, the youth movement is here. And, Joe, you put it so greatly. Obviously, you know, for some of the sports, you know, unfortunately, they do not get the same amount of coverage as others on campus. And we're really trying to change that WSU sports. Now is the perfect time to get into swimming. And I I know on, on behalf of three of us, we really hope that swimming will continue to get more coverage, even within our station, hopefully getting more opportunities to hopefully maybe potentially broadcast and just cover the sport as a whole and continue to talk about them because these athletes being so great and so talented and, you know, just having so, so much to look forward to over the next, like you said, Justin, three years for some of these freshmen. And obviously um, the, the upperclassmen, like we talked about for the men's Liam Cosgrove, but even on the women's side, there are still big time, you know, seniors and juniors that did contribute as well. You know, Julia Stankiewicz, uh, Amelia Wootwin, there's a whole bunch of names I can go down the list of seniors that, you know, I'm sure took a lot of these freshmen who had these big time performances, even sophomores, like we talked about, under their wings. And I'm sure there's a whole process to it, you know, within the swimming program of really developing, you know, freshmen and sophomore early. 
And I'm sure in, in previous years, you're able to develop over a full season, but for the freshman and sophomore this year, it was one meet and then that Big East championship kind of learning on the fly. And, you know, they excel with flying colors by the end of it, just based off the competition they were against. And it was certainly a great, you know, a, a good run for those women's team, even though coming in fourth, still a great run, great run for the men's um, in third place on the other side, but that will do it for this week's episode of Pirate Recap. Again, this was the men's and women's swimming and diving team episode. Once again, I am was joined by Joe Matthews and Justin Nicosia. Joe, Justin, thank you so much for your time today and just your expert analysis and breaking down all things, you know, swimming. It was just a great time with you, uh, both of you, excuse me. And, you know, there's a lot to talk about going forward. But once again, this was Pirate Recap presented by WSU Sports. Make sure to tune in to the rest of our weekly content and look at articles on WSU.net.